Welcome, CNY Hoops Nation's Hoop fans. I am your host, Coach Will. Another episode of the CNY Hoops Nation's podcast. Good evening, Hoops fans. We're going to start this episode number five off with our weekend review. But let's take a quick a quick rundown of our agenda. We're going to go over the weekend review, um, go over our rivalry week, games of the week, uh, player of the week. We're going to look ahead at sectional seedings. Uh, the upcoming schedule, we'll take a peek at that. We're going to pick our games of the week for this coming week. Then we'll release our episode 5 power rankings. And we will try to sneak in here a interview for the Coach's Corner. Um, we're working on an interview with Coach Perioli from the Phoenix Firebirds. And I have one other interview I'm trying to get locked in. And um, hopefully by the time we're done recording, we'll have that all set up. But to get started with uh, this week's review, uh, first I want to say thanks for tuning in and checking us out. As always, it's Coach Will here, and feel free to reach us on any of our social media platforms, Facebook, CNY Hoops Nations Podcast, at CNY Hoops Nations on Twitter and Instagram, and our Email is cmyhoopsnation at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out, send us highlights, anything you want to hear on here. Um, if you'd be interested in speaking on here too as well, do that. Uh, we're going to be coming with a player interviews this coming week. Um, hopefully we'll get caught up with our players of the week to get those interviewed. So here we go. Uh, Tuesday, one seventeen, Syracuse Academy of Science 63 over Nottingham 55. For the Adams, Stavon Jones continuing his strong campaign with 22 points and 13 rebounds. Devin Perry with 16 points, 5 rebounds. And Makai Reed with 11 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. Number 10, Bishop Grimes, 80. St. Francis, 74. That was in the Bishop Grimes MLK uh, tournament, and Bishop Grimes wins that event. That's the championship game. They beat St. Francis, another state-ranked team. Um, so they beat the number one team in the state on Sunday, and they beat a really good and big St. Francis team who just beat CBA um, for the championship. Uh, I believe, yeah, the St. Francis is who beat CBA as well. Earlier in the season, whatever. But anyways, the Cobras were led by junior Dan Grang's career-high 34 points. John Coro, 18 points. Eric Wall, 13 points. On Wednesday, 118. Number two, Chittenango, 87 over Jordan Elbridge, 43. The Bears were led by Alex Moshes, 22 points. Bryce Bishop, 12 points, four three-pointers. Tyus Kelly, 11 points. And Aiden Kavoda, 11 points. For the Eagles, Jordan Alberts, they're led by Caleb Rouse's 16 points. Corey Henderson's 11 points. Number five, Marcellus, 52 over uh, Institute of Technology Central, 47. Leading the way for the Marcellus Mustangs was Mitch Donegan, 16 points, and Will Burnett, 13 points. 
Number three, Skinny Alice, 81 over number six, West Hill, 67. The Lakers were led by Colin Gaglione's 33 points and Jude Pasquale, 15 points, three three-pointers. For the Warriors, they were led by Luke Gilmartin's 25 points, Omar Robinson, 16 points, and Cam Langdon, 14 points. Salve, 65, Casanova, 56. Salve led by Gerald Beans, 21 points, Jeffrey Sharp, third, 14 points, and Nick Nooch Camicho, 13 points. Casanova led by A.J. Rothfeld, 21 points, Tanner Ackermans, 11 points. Homer, 56, Hannibal, 33. Homer led by Wyatt Wilbur, 16 points, John Barnes, 16 points, Evan Butts, 15 points, and Hannibal was led by Big Owen Skiffs, 11 points. APW, excuse me, Elmar Parrish Williamstown over Mexico, 55 to 44. Pulaski, 52, Modern Day Academy, 38. Pulaski Devils were led by, Blue Devils, or, excuse me, were led by Trevor Cole, 17 points, and Aaron McConnell's 12 points. Modern Day Academy, led by Joe Mar- Marion- Mariani's, excuse me, 12 points. 119. Faith Heritage, 51, Port Byron, 41. Faith Heritage was led by Devin Burns, 13 points, and Weston Worldwide West Retzos, 12 points, four three-pointers. Class of 2026 guard, Matthew Sangs, 11 points. And for Port Byron, it was Tyler Merkley's, 14 points, and Eli Jarabak's, 10 points. Jamesville DeWitt, 50, over number 9, Auburn, 44. Brendan Kohlberger with 16 points for the Red Rams, and Aiden Bates with 14. The Maroons of Auburn were led by Deshaun Shawnee Strachan, 13 points, and Jack Tumper, 9. Number 2, Chattanago, 86 over 09-45. Bryce Bishop with 24 points for the Bears with 8 three-pointers. Ryan Most with 20 points with 3 three-pointers, and Alex Most with 18 points. Manlius Pebble Hill, 40 over Onondaga, 34. Manlius Pebble Hill led by James Wildhacks, 10 points, and Ryan Canaan's 10 points. Onondaga led by Gabron Polk's, 14 points. Syracuse Academy of Science, 64. Bishop Ludden, 57. The Adams once again led by Stavon Jones with an excellent effort by the sophomore, 19 points, 12 rebounds. Makai Reed, 15 points, 5 rebounds. Zachary Allen, 11 points. Steve Tussing, 10 points, 10 rebounds. The Gaelic Knights were led by sophomore sensation Jaden Hellemans, 24 points, followed by Big Chad Cooks, 18 points. On 120, we had number 6, West Hill, 60 over Homer, 34. Cam Langdon led the Warriors with 18 points. Omar Parrish Williamstown, 73 over Jordan Elbridge, 52. Wyatt Standard, 19 points, 10 rebounds for the Rebels. Tyler Smith with 13 points, 8 rebounds. Ethan Shawcross with 13 points, 17 rebounds. And Blake Pugh with 12 points, 5 assists. For the Eagles, Caleb Rouse had 14 points. Nolan Brunel, 13 points, and 3 of 3 for from downtown for the 2026 guard. Jack Berenger, 11 points, and Corey Henderson, 10 points. On 121, Fulton traveled to number nine Auburn, and Fulton came away with a 66 to 50 win. Excuse me, 66 to 50 win over the Maroons. Gavin Do- Fulton Red Raiders led by Gavin Doty's 30 points. Sam Cotton with 11. The Maroons led by Deshaun Shawnee Strachan's 19 points. Kevin Dolan 13 points. Tony Borges Jr. 10 points. Cortland traveled to Oswego. 
with and came away as a one point winner, 48-47. Max Gambita with 26 points for the Purple Tigers and three for three from downtown. Excuse me, had three pointers from downtown with six rebounds. The Oswego Buccaneers led by sharpshooter Nathan Davini, 16 points with four threes. Zachary Chamberlain with 11 points and Lucas Warner with 10. Onondaga pulls off an upset over Lafayette, wins 50-47. to Pulaski beats Port Byron, 45-40. to Pulaski was led by Aaron McConnell's 12 points. Trevor Cole, excuse me, Aaron McConnell, 15 points. Trevor Cole, 12 points. And Tegan Raiders, 11 points with three three-pointers. Port Byron Panthers were led by Cody Kurtz's 12 points. Number seven, Weedsport, 55 over Faith Heritage, 32. Landon Keppel led the Warriors of Weedsport with 20 points with four threes, and Big 605, Troy Brown with 12. Faith Heritage led by Joe Capone's 11. The Bishop, number 10, Bishop Grimes Cobras, 80. Bishop Grimes, excuse me, Bishop Grimes Cobras were 80, and Bishop Ludden were 65. The Cobras were led by Dan Grangs, 19 points. Eric Walls, 14 points with four three-pointers. Sylvester Seaton with 12 points and John Coral with 10. And Bishop Levin was led by big six-foot-seven freshman Chad Cooks, 18 points, and sensational sophomore guard Jaden Holloman, 16 points. Number one, Christian Brothers Academy, 69 over Syracuse Academy of Sciences, 66. Do-it-all point guard Dan Anderson, 17 points for the brothers. Brendan Bur- Burns with 17 points. Amari Pitts with 17 points. And Tyler Brostrand with 10 points. For the Adams, it was Makai Reed, 20 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists. Davon Perry, 14 points, 7 rebounds. And Siraj Bay with 10 points, 9 rebounds. Modern day with the upset over Cato Meridian, 57-55 in overtime. On 122, Oswego traveled up to Camden and came away with the loss at 59-54 in favor of Camden. Jordan Elbridge played Clinton, and Clinton came away with a five-point win at 60-55. Leading the way for the Eagles, however, of Jordan Elbridge was Caleb Brass, 24 points with three three-pointers, and 2026 Nolan Brunell's 18 points with five three-pointers. Number two, Chittenango, 71 over VVS, 35. Alex Mosh leading the Bears of Chittenango with 18 points. Bryce Bishop with 15, all on five three-pointers. Tyus Kelly's, excuse me, Tyrus Kelly's, 13 points with three three-pointers. Number six, West Hill, 69, over state-ranked Utica Academy of Science, 43. The Warriors of West Hill were led by sharpshooting guard Sean Mays as 19 points with three threes, six rebounds, four assists. Luke Gilmartin with 15 points, six rebounds, nine assists, and Omar Robinson with 11 points. Utica Academy of Science was led by Donald Grant Jr.'s 13 points and Danielis King Jr.'s 10 points with three threes. Omar Parrish, Williamstown, 74, Sandy Creek, 43. Omar Parrish, Williamstown, the Rebels, led by Blake Pews, 37 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, and Connor Harrington, 10 points. Number 3, Skinny Atlas, taking on number 7, Wheatsport, traditional powerhouse in Class B, taking on a traditional powerhouse in Class C, just up the road. The Warriors, excuse me, the Lakers would get the best of the Warriors in this one, and they come away at 59-44 winners. The Lakers, led by Colin Gaglione, 17 points, Colin Sweet with 11 points, and Jude Pasco with 10 points. The Wheatsport Warriors led by Big Jack Lowry's 13 points. Fayetteville Manley is 72 over number one Christian Brothers Academy, 68. 
Trevor Rowe for Fayetteville Manlius with 28 points, 5 threes, and 15 rebounds. Point guard Luke Davidson with 16 points, three three of them, excuse me, coming with three three-pointers. So nine of those points, 16 were threes, and eight assists. The Christian Brothers Academy was led by Dan Anderson's 25 points with three three-pointers, and Brandon, Bird, Brandon Burns with 16 points. So that was our week in review, and let's hit our games of the week rivalry, rivalry week edition. We had Fulton at Oswego. Let me scroll through my little right up here. We had four games that we put dubbed as rivalry week games. We had Fulton at Oswego on the 19th, Wheatsport at Cato Meridian on the 19th, Skinny Alice at Marcellus on the 20th, and then Mexico at Phoenix on the 21st. The first game up, I believe, was the Fulton versus Oswego game, and Fulton comes away big winners, 58-38 to 38 over Oswego. Sophomore Gavin Doty led the way for the Red Raiders with 19 points, and sharpshooter Nate Davini with 11 points for Oswego with three three-pointers. Wheatsport, Cato Meridian, number seven Wheatsport Warriors took care of business, 69-57 to 57 over Cato Meridian Blue Devils. Landon Keppel leading the way for the Warriors with 16 points, Jack Lowry with 12 and for Cato Meridian was Justin Baldwin, 25 points, and Tristan T. Money Lee with 16 points. That game, I actually was able to make it out and catch that game. Uh, Wheatsport ran away with it early, and the Cato Meridian played tough right through the start of the second half, right, right up to the last whistle. They got it all the way down. I believe they cracked at 9 if they didn't, they were right there at 10 or 11. They were, I know. I remember saying to the gentleman sitting next to me that uh, that with a basket here, they'll break 10 points. So I can't remember if they ended up breaking it or just shy of it, but they made a ferocious comeback. They were down by almost 30 at one point and made it a very respectable game. But Weedsport coming away with that win at Cato 69-57. Skinny Atlas over Marcellus in a defensive dogfight, 46-41. In number four, Phoenix, 67 over rival Mexico, 19. The Firebirds of Phoenix were led by six foot three senior all-star John Diaz, 15 points, and senior point guard Nick Ceseras, 10 points. And that'll do it for our rivalry week games. We're going to move on to our player of the week for week five, or episode five, I should say. That player of the week this week is going to be Junior Guard from Bishop Grimes, Dang Garang. Career high 34 points versus St. Francis in a big win, and then he had 19 points versus Bishop Ludden in another big win for the Cobras and Coach Bob McKinney. So, Dan Grant, congratulations. You're the uh, CNY Hoops Nation's Player of the Week for Episode 5. Uh, now we're going to take a look at our sectional seedings. For the Double A's, Christian Brothers Academy, with their loss to FM, has fallen to the 3 seed at 10-2. and two. Bishop Ludden is the 10 seed at 4 and 8. 
as of right now, if things were to end today, of course. In the A's, Class A's, we have Bishop Rhymes at 7 and 5, sitting at number 4. Fulton right behind them at the 5 seed, 7 and 4. Syracuse Academy of Science behind them with the 6 seed. Auburn down to the 11th seed, and Oswego at the 14th seed. For Class B, and I've been saying this for a while, any of you guys have followed me on social media and have paid attention during this stretch here of the season, New York State, some of the best Class B teams are right here in Section 3. And I know they beat up on each other all the time, but it's just a true testament when you look at it here, just looking at the sectional standings. I mean, you get to the the 8th seed has 11 wins. You know, the ninth seed has 10. The 11th seed, or excuse me, has 9. The 11th seed has 9. They're probably gonna, they're, you're going to have 12 teams with 10 wins or above after this week, most likely. But for our coverage era, the Chitton Angle Bears are sitting at number two at 13 and one, followed by number three, Skinny Alice, 12 and one. The Phoenix Firebirds and Coach Nick Barrioli sitting at number four, 11 and two. West Hill at number seven. Marcellus at number 10. Almore Parish Williamstown at number 12. Uh, Institute of Technology Central at number 13. Solvay at number 15. Homer at number 18. Casanova at number 20. Jordan Elbridge, 21, Hannibal, 23, and Mexico, 24. Moving on to Class C, Tully at number 2, Weedsport at number 3, Kata Meridian sitting at number 10, Pulaski at number 11, Lafayette at number 13, Fabius Pompey at number 19, Onondaga at number 20, and Port Byron at number 21. Moving on to our Class D standings and seedings. As of right now, Manlius Pebble Hill sitting at the tide of the 11th seed. Looks like they would be the only one. Owen D. Young hasn't played a game yet. Faith Heritage with a 13th seed. Modern Day Academy with a 17th seed. So, and of course, with this year's new uh, or for this season, they got the uh, everybody's allowed to play in sectionals. And that comes from the school district. If they decide they want to play or not, that's 100% up to the school district. So don't be surprised when we have a, a full slate, which I'm pretty excited about. I think that would be really neat. You know, um, Personally, I don't like when everybody makes sectionals, but I do like to uh, watch it and report it. I think it's fun. So... Um, with that said, you know, don't take it the wrong way. I just, I think that, you know, you should earn your keep. But I understand um, what Section 3 is doing here. And if you get a chance to <coughs> check it out, um, Jeff Richardson and his, and uh, Nick Aversa on their CNY, uh, or excuse me, the, uh, what is it, the uh, Ball in the 315 podcast on with the CNY Hoop Talk. They actually interviewed John Rathbun about the decision to allow everybody to play, and it was really interesting to listen to it. So make sure you give them a check out and subscribe on YouTube to that podcast. Um, they do a lot of covering girls, boys. They're covering OCC. They're covering Lemoyne. So they really touch base on a lot of hoops, which is awesome. So give that a follow. We're going to take a quick look here at our um, standings as of right now within our league play. 
for the Salt City Athletic Conference. There are three teams we cover there, Auburn, Fulton, and Oswego. We have Auburn at 6-8, and 5-4 in Division, 5-3 and three in Conference. Fulton at 7-4, and 3-4 and four in Division, 3-4 and four in Conference. Oswego at 3-6, and 1-4 and four in Conference, 1-4 and four in Division. Moving on to the OHSLs. Liberty American Chittenango at thirteen and one, eight and zero in conference, four and zero in division. Phoenix Firebirds at eleven and two, nine and two in conference, four and one overall in division. West Hill Warriors right on their heels at ten and three, seven and three in conference, three and one in division. Institute of Technology Central six and seven in overall, four and five in conference, one and two in division. Homer four and seven overall, three and six in conference, and. 0-5 division in Mexico, rounding out the bottom at 1-7 overall, 1-7 in conference, 0-3 in division. For the Liberty Central, we got Christian Brothers Academy at 10-2, 5-0 in conference, 3-0 in division. Bishop Grimes, 7-5 overall, 3-1 conference, 2-1 in division. Syracuse Academy of Science, 8-5 overall, 4-4 in conference, 1-2 in division. Bishop London Gaelic Knights, 4-8 overall, 0-5 in conference, 0-5 in division. For the Liberty National Division, we have Skinny Atlas in the top of that division at 12-1, and 10-1 in conference, 4-1 division. Followed by the Solvay Bearcats at 5-5 five five overall, 4-5 in conference, 3-1 in division. The Marcellus Mustangs at 8-4, 5-3 in conference, 2-1 in division. Omar Parish Williamstown, 8-5 overall, 6-5 in conference, 2-2 two two in division. Casinovia Lakers, 3-10 overall, 1-6 in conference, 1-2 in division. Hannibal Warriors 1 and 8 overall, 1 and 6 in conference, 0 and 3 in division. And Jordan Elbridge Eagles 2 and 8 overall, 1 and 7 in conference, 0 and 2 in division. For the Patriot American division, Tully Black Knights 10 and 1 overall, 9 and 0 in conference, 4 and 0 in division. Onondaga 2 and 5 overall, 2 and 5 in conference, 2 and 2 in division. Lafayette Lancers 6 and 8 overall, 5 and 7 in conference, 2 and 3 in division. Malleus Pebble Hill, 4-6 overall, 4-6 in conference, 2-3 in division. And Fabius Pompey Falcons, 2-7 overall, 1-5 in conference, 0-2 in division. For the Patriot National Division, we have the Weedsport Warriors at 11-2, 9-1 overall, 6-0 in division. Cato Meridian Blue Devils at 7-6 overall, 7-5 in conference, 3-1 in division. Pulaski, 5-6 overall, 5-6 in conference, 4-2 in division. Faith Heritage, 5-7 overall, 5-5 in conference, 2-4 in division. Modern Day Academy, 1-8 overall, 1-7 in conference, 1-4 in division. Port Byron Panthers, 1-9 overall, 1-8 in conference, and 0-5 in division. So let's take a... uh quick look here at the uh, New York State rankings before we get into our power rankings for this week. I apologize because I had them right up and I X'd out of it by accident. See what movement we've had here for the Class AA, we still have the Christian Brothers Academy as of right now is sitting at number 21 in New York State. In the AA, I believe that's where they were last 
week as well. Why don't I touch base on all the Section 3 teams that are ranked? How's that? I think that works a little easier for this, too. The West Genesee Wildcats, led by Coach Fred Kent, sitting at number 18 in New York State in Class AA. Christian Brothers Academy, sitting at number 21 in AA. And the Liverpool Warriors by Big Ryan Black Blackwell, uh, sitting at number 25. For Class A, we have New Hartford sitting at number 6 in Section 3, and they're the only Section 3 team ranked right now in the Class A. Bishop Grimes is honorable mention. For Class B, Utica Academy Science sitting at number 9. That will change after losing to West Hill. And Little Falls is at number 13, Lowville at 14, VVS at 3, Chittenay, excuse me, at 15, Chittenango at 16, who just beat VVS in a landslide. So that'll rotate and swap. Central Valley Academy at 19. For, and of course in the Class Bs, there's a host of honorable mentions. Um, West Hill, Marcellus, Skinny Atlas... Phoenix, and I think that's it for our local OHSLs, but General Brown, as far as a Section 3 team, with the point guard Ryan Hiller out of General Brown, shout out to Ryan, good luck boys, uh, Class C, we have Tully still sitting at number 4, We Sport at number 13, oh I'm sorry, and I skipped over West Canada Valley, who's sitting at number 11. For Cato Meridian, excuse me, is honorable mention in in Class C. Trying to see if I missed anybody else. Mount Markham is honorable mention. Herkimer is honorable mention. South Lewis is honorable mention. Waterville, honorable mention. And for Class D in Section 3, we got number 6, Hamilton. Number 7, Cincinnati's. Cincinnati's. Number 11, Sackett's Harbor and Tyler Green. Number 12, D. Ryder. Number 18, Madison. Number 20, Belver, Belleville Henderson. Shout out to point guard Kyle Moyer up there in Belleville. Playing with Dobbs Sprang and doing their thing. 8-2. and two. One of their losses this year came to Harrisville early in the season when Harrisville was in the top three. They'll be a fun team to watch making a move. They're pretty, pretty tough squad. We also have honorable mentions. Uh, no, Romulus is section five. Oh, is our only honorable mention for that group. So, pretty cool. We got a lot of uh, a lot of teams that are getting some love from New York State Sports Writers Athletic Association, and. That's a good thing. Uh, some of the hard work is showing off. It's a little. It's not a. Still not a typical year, but it's a little more typical than it's been um, the past two seasons for them. And you know, last year was a last year year before they didn't have a season. So it's good to see all the section three teams making uh, the list and for New York State rankings and honorable mentions. Keep up the hard work, um, and we're gonna go with our New York. Oh, you know what we're going to do? I'm sorry. Getting ahead of myself. We got to go over the uh, upcoming schedule for um, this week. 
and that's going to start obviously on Monday, one twenty-four. They have Melius Pebble Hill at Faith Heritage Institute of Technology Central at Oswego. Seton Catholic at Bishop Ludden. That'll be a great game. Seton Catholic's ranked in the top five in New York State. Tully at Marathon. And for Tuesday the 25th, uh, the Bears travel of Chattanooga travel to Mexico. Hannibal travels to South Jefferson. Salve travels to Homer. Jordan Elbridge to Phoenix. Central Square to Oswego. Skinny Atlas at Bishop Grimes. Will be one of our games of the week this week. Number three versus number nine in our power rankings. So oh, I let out the cat out the bag. We do have our power rankings coming up. I wasn't supposed to tell you that yet. No big deal. West Hill, excuse me, APW out Mont Paris Williamstown at Marcellus. West Hill at Casanova. And for Wednesday the 26th. We have Dryden at Fulton, Modern Day at Faith Heritage, Mexico at Hannibal, Tully at Lafayette, Onondaga at Fabius Pompey, Pulaski at Cato Meridian, Weedsport at Port Byron, Corcoran at Bishop Blood. For Thursday, 127, we have Marcellus at Jordan Albridge, Phoenix at West Hill, Fabius Pompey at Astetic Valley. Twenty-eighth Friday, Cato Meridian at Faith Heritage. Modern Day Academy at Port Byron, Pulaski at Weedsport. There's a game that I haven't seen listed on Syracuse.com yet, but I do know that it is a makeup game, and I believe it's going to tip at 6 o'clock. It's going to be uh, Tully visiting Weedsport for a game that was previously canceled due to health and safety protocols. So for our games of the week, we're going to have number three, Skinny Atlas, traveling to number nine, Bishop Grimes, on the 25th. On the 27th, we're going to have number 4, Phoenix, traveling at to number 5, West Hill. And on the 29th, we have number 8, Tully, traveling to number 7, Wheatsport. So we got three of our uh, top, six of our top 10 teams facing off against one another. So with that said, I've let the cat out of the bag a little bit, so let's get right to our uh, CNY Hoops Nations Episode 5 Power Rankings. Starting at number 10, previously not ranked, however, beating previously ranked number 9, Auburn, and Oswego. We got Sean Broderick, Coach Sean Broderick led Fulton Red Raiders checking in at number 10 this week. At number 9, we have Marcellus dropping down from number 5. 
They're still an honorable mention in Class B. Moving up to number eight is the Coach Bob McKinney-led Bishop Grimes Cobras. At number seven is your Tully Black Knights. At number six is the Coach Vargason-led Weedsport Warriors. At number five is the West Hill Warriors. Moving up one spot from number six, you know, they led by Sean Mays, Luke Gilmartin, uh, Cam Langdon, Omar Robinson. Uh, they're a fun squad to watch. That game against Phoenix will be awesome on the 27th. I got to try to get out there and catch that. At number four will be our Phoenix Firebirds, led by Coach Nick Perioli and studs and seniors John Dion. Nick Cicera, and Zach Ashby. At number three will be Skinny Atlas. The Lakers are led by Colin Gaglione, Jude Pascal, and Colin Sweet. At number two is the Chittenango Bears. Even with the loss to uh, Class A or Double A, excuse me, Fayetteville Bailey's, the Bears are our B-ranked team. And they played a double-A team and hung in with them just to show how good their firepower truly is. Um, it took an amazing effort by Trevor Rowe to uh, knock them off. The Bears of Chittenango. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see plenty of them moving forward, obviously. Uh, they're definitely a, a force to be reckoned with in the Class Bs. And once again, this week in the number one spot is the Christian Brother Academy Brothers. Even with the loss to St. Francis earlier in the week and to Fayetteville Malleus, I still think that they're the best team in Section 3 right now. As of right now, uh, and, and our coverage area that we use, the one team, if we covered more of the city teams and outside the OHSLs, if we covered more of the Salt City Athletic Conferences, West Genesee is a team that definitely could give CBA a run, and I believe so is um, so is Liverpool. That'd be fun to watch CNS. I mean, our double A's are pretty stacked too; they're fun to watch. So, for a quick uh, rundown. At number 10, Fulton. At number 9, Marcellus. At number 8, Bishop Grimes. At number 7, Tully. Number 6, Weedsport. Number 5, West Hill. Number 4, Phoenix. Number 3, Skinny Atlas. Number 2, Chittenango. Number 1, Christian Brothers Academy. So we're going to uh, try to step in here and do a little clip in our uh, coach's corner part of the podcast that we haven't done in the last couple of weeks but we used to do it and we're gonna pull up with an interview here with uh phoenix men's varsity boys basketball coach nick perioli all right thanks for joining us nick oh my recorded all right here we are with uh coach nick perioli of the phoenix firebirds boys varsity basketball team number four in our uh CNY Hoops rankings for our power rankings this week. Uh, thanks for joining us, Nick. Thanks for having me. I love talking about my team up here. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I wasn't going to start there right away, but being that you said it that way, I, I, I appreciate that. I feel like um, 
and I've seen you post a couple things on social media, but you, you kind of like the the forgotten team, and you guys are sitting at eleven and two um, overall. And what, if sectionals were to start today, you'd be in the four seed for the Class B, which is very very competitive. I think probably one of the best in New York State as far as overall class in one section, especially. Um, so I'm glad you could join us and get a little love for the guys. Yeah, I, uh, you know, especially like you say, you know, we don't get a ton of, I guess, serious recognition yet as, as we haven't deserved it. You know, my first two years were rough. I knew it was going to be, um, I had good kids. We were just trying to rebuild and, um, now last year we were good, but we didn't play the full schedule. So it was as, you know, Phoenix real or not yet. And then this year, um, you know, we still have some very, very tough games, but it was like, okay, you know, maybe they were serious. And now they're seeing that, you know, John is a stud and John is a great player. Um, and now I have, I have some other young pieces coming up as well. Um, so I had to, had to get through a couple tough ones and, you know, I knew my system would eventually start to, you know, mold itself with these guys. And, you know, I, I'm, I, it's like I wish sectional started today, but I don't, you know, because I still think we're getting better. So I think, um, you know, we still have West Hill and Chittango and, you know, those two are clearly always good teams. Um, but like you said, in our league, um, if we can get a couple home games and do some damage, then anything can happen after that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, you hit that on the head. We'll talk about that uh, West Hill and Chittenango in a little bit. And, uh, yeah, um, but you're right there in the thick of it with them. And as any coach knows, taking over a program to instill your ways, it takes a little bit of time. And you said you're in year three now, correct? Or is it four? Um, this is four. Actually, but actually three with the, the year we had last year. The, quote-unquote yeah. abbreviated season or whatever so yeah. with that said like how how has that impacted um your season not only this year but like the off season leading up to it has uh, the administration been pretty good about letting you get some open gyms in um the boys showing up obviously we know everyone's wearing masks and which i couldn't imagine playing and i wouldn't want to do it however like they got the opportunity so they kind of take the bull by the horns with that but how has it impacted you with the last year um and including this season with this uh this sickness yeah we had a we had a full fall um i got gym time uh we we worked out before school we worked out after school um i was able to do open gym skill work weight room you name it um so we had a full fall which was very very helpful um and then this year actually after the second game, we got slapped with five quarantines. Mm. So we had to put we had to play about four game four or five games with only seven guys, seven or eight guys. I mean, yeah, granted, you know, John and Zach and Nick weren't a part of the quarantine, but you know, anytime you're losing bodies, that means you're not practicing as you could have. You're not able to put in new stuff because guys are missing it. Um, you're not able to really pinpoint what guys know because they only had a couple of games and you don't want to, you know, backtrack. So but luckily during that span, we still were able to win some games. Um, and then that's where our two losses came in as well. But, um, 
and then once everybody got back, you know, here here we are, seven game winning streak. So um, it's the COVID hasn't really hasn't really affected us as much as like people might think or say because, like I said, we we can't let it distract us. We get told what's going to happen, and that's the way it is. Everyone can also um, help the situation by being you know vaccinated. So if they're vaccinated, there's really no issue uh, in our district. You're pretty much good to go. Uh, so um, there's there's ways to make sure that things go smoothly. Um, but at the, at the same time, you know, there's always going to be the people that don't agree with, you know, masks or vaccinations or that case. So it's all their own personal preference. I'm good with that, too. But we're we're just moving full steam ahead and we're just ready. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I'm sure you might be able to count on one, maybe two hands, the number of districts probably that were able to have gym space, not, let alone actually have participation with with everything going on. And then they went back to the regular football season, which is awesome, I think, for the kids as well. So I'm glad to hear that, and that probably shows in some of the success you know that you've been building over the past few years. Um, so you're 13, 13 games in, right, sitting at 11-2. and two. Uh, you mentioned I didn't know that you had a couple of kids out on pause, and and when that happens, obviously it impacts. Even if they're guys that don't see a time at all, they're still practice players, and like you said, competing. That's very important for everybody to get their game reps in. Um, but during that stretch, you did lose a couple games uh, to some good teams. So obviously, CBA was one of them. You know, you stretching out playing a double A team as a B team. I think that's a a great test, and they're one arguably one of the better teams in the state. They're on like a thirty four game winning streak before they lost or something. Um, and then the other one came on a buzzer beater, if I recall, against ITC at home. So not that I want to bring up. Uh, you know, uh, any bad memories from this early in the season um, or midway through here or whatever. But, uh, you know, I had a little quote I texted in here that says, no hype, no love. And um, with that, obviously, you're pretty realistic about everything. So I want to hear, um, you know, run me through that ITC game a little bit because you could be sitting 12-1 and right now realistically, and if it wasn't for a miracle buzzer beater, you would be. Yeah, well, I'll start. I want to start with CBA because you know they beat the crap out of us, and you know deservingly so. But we basically burned that film. <laughs> we we just said, you know what, guys, we're not even going to watch it. Like, there's nothing to gain from it. They were just, they were out. Every they they did everything better than us. So then, um, ITC. Uh, geez, we were down early. Uh, then we we had a lead. We had a three point lead with uh, six seconds to go, mm. and um, you know we didn't follow. I had called timeout, and, and what I wanted didn't happen out there. So they made a half court shot to send it into overtime, um, and then we had another two point lead with thirteen seconds to go. And same thing, um, one of our assignments got missed and the kid got open, and he made a three to beat us at the buzzer. So my message there was um, you. there was no question about their effort. Like They were playing hard, and they wanted to win. I'm good with that. But now comes a point where if you want to play in college and you're missing assignments, you're going to be on the bench. 
So kind of a similar situation for me. You know, if I got guys missing assignments and we want to be a championship team, you'll be on the bench. And it's been a change. They've changed their approach a little bit. Not to say it wasn't ever like a serious one, but you could tell they're getting comfortable. We were four and all, you know, then we were four and one and then we're four and two. And I'm like, I have to set the tone. I can't let these guys just fly off the handle and think everything's all good. And so I, I maintained some discipline and, um, you know, made sure my captains knew it, it starts with them. And luckily I have, you know, some great kids and great captains that have now been with me for three, four years. So they've kind of taken on my personality a little bit and they've taken on my approach to the game and practices and workouts. So, and it shows now we're being consistent, you know, so it doesn't guarantee wins, but it guarantees you the best chance. So, you know, that's the approach we're going to continue with. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad you, uh, you let that part of the story out. Um, because I feel like accountability, whether it's in anything nowadays, is like non-existent pretty much. So the kids need to be held accountable, even if they're your stars or if, like you said, if they're the bench players before. Like they, everybody's got to be held to the same standard. If you have aspirations of going on and playing collegiate basketball or moving on to the workforce in life, you're going to be accountable. If you're not producing, you're not taking care of business. You know, someone could get hurt or. You're not going to be playing, period, because you missed an assignment. So with- yeah, and I think they, I think they see, you know, the wins now piling up. So it must have something to do with it, right? Like if you're, if you're now following, and I know it's not always going to go perfectly, but if you're following what you're practicing, yep. wins can happen. Yeah, absolutely, and it, and and it, and it creates a atmosphere for the kids to hold each other accountable themselves where you don't got to harp on the little things. You can actually focus on tweaking the basketball stuff and, and educating them further to further their games as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, that was kind of tied into one of my questions I had written down here is, uh, you know, what do you got, have the guys focus on in the locker room? Like what's your focus as far as you have like a team saying that everybody is locked into? Um, like uh-huh. – not not necessarily, but as soon as we get on the bus, I want them thinking about the game. I, I, and then we allow, you know, they get a little bit of the JV game. And I say, listen, guys, like, you can have your, your 10 or 15 minutes, all right, but we need to then readjust our focus. Um, we also, we talk, we do our pregame stuff, you know, around halftime of the JV games so that, we can go get stretched and we can get a warm up, like because we we don't just step on for warm ups and that's our first you know time loosening up or anything. Like we stretch, we have our pregame stuff well before that, and that's all part of like the focus of getting ready for the game, so that when warm ups hit, we've already you know been thinking about it for you know twenty, thirty, forty minutes, whatever the case may be. So you know, to me, I think if you try to focus during warm ups, it's too late. Um, you know, it's almost like then you end up with a bad warm up and then you end up starting the first quarter off a little rough. So, you know, it's just kind of what I learned from, you know, Broderick. It's what I've learned through some coaches playing in Europe. And it's just things I've picked up along the way, you know, same thing learning from my dad and my parents, you know, same thing. Like you focus on what you need to do and then you can enjoy yourself afterwards. 
Yeah, and I feel like focusing on the task at hand to get it done and get prepared, you do see a lot of teams coming out kind of, maybe that's their style to goof around a little bit during warm-ups, but those who actually are already sweating, ready to go, you're so much further stretched out, advanced, mentally prepared, and I think it's noticeable from the stand. That's one thing I, whenever I'm watching a game, I always watch how teams warm up and they're interactions with each other maybe their coach is pre-gaming something for them and and it's funny that you uh you mentioned kevin broderick uh you know the one-time coach at suny Oswego now at nazareth but his brother co- coaches you know sean coaches and fulton and uh i love watching his pre-game because he's always working on his kids talking to him game playing with him right there it's i just enjoy it so much yeah you still feel like you're you know you're a player out there you know i still feel like you know i'm on the sideline and i'm like an extra defender for them or you know i'm actually like a a captain for them you know it's like i feel like i'm beating my college team again so it's like you know that's that's been instilled in me and that's i can't not do it you know i can't just sit there and not do it so um and like i said hopefully it's translating to some of these guys because they have some aspirations too yeah absolutely and with that said you know moving on we got we got a few what seven games left i believe you, you got 20 i know some don't have 20 on the schedule but typically you play 20 and you're 13 games in you got some big games coming up you know with west hill Angle, salve's in the mix in there um I don't know if, obviously you're not aware of this because we didn't put out our podcast yet. This will be a part of this week's podcast. And uh, we got number four, your Phoenix Firebirds, traveling to number five, West Hill, uh, as one of our games of the week. And um, I think that really will set the tone. West Hill had a couple of tough games this week. Um, but, geez, Saturday, I don't know if you got a chance to catch that game with Utica Academy of Science. Maybe UAS hasn't played the competition that west hill has or that you guys play in the ohsl here but man they, they made light work of the number nine team in the state yeah that was interesting to see i mean we all know what west hill is capable of uh, for sure so you you even if they were one in ten you can never take them lightly um so you know it's like it's like no surprise to see that but at the same time um yeah, we know we know what teams we have here. You know, we know what type of players we have here. And a lot of times, you know, you get the the mo of uh, the area is down, the area doesn't have this or that, and you know, then we go out to some other places and you, know, you smack teams. So, um, not to say Utica is not a good team. I mean, I know um, Danilius King, and I know his son's on the team, and uh, so there's no doubt that after that loss, those kids were trying to get better. Uh, but you know that's that's part of how it goes right you know you take some you might get lumped once in a while you might be the one killing the teams once in a while um but it just goes to show yeah our, our top four or five teams can compete anywhere in the state hey amen i i strongly believe that the class b state championship is going to come out of uh section three that's just my opinion uh i think we're we're eight to ten deep you know um legitimately i mean you sit like 10 seed right now is marcellus <laughs> i mean that yeah. that's a tough matchup for anybody you know <laughs> so i yeah. definitely agree with that uh, what's some what's some goals you have uh you know for to finish the season not to look too far ahead because i know like any other coach you don't want to uh you don't want to get ahead of yourself you kind of take it one game at a time but you do prep and look ahead uh what's some of the with the goals that you guys have set forth beginning of the season or maybe readjusted here in the middle of the season 
um, that you're looking to uh, obtain here? Well, definitely, like, just the approach to every game, just worrying about one game at a time. I know it sounds like everyone always says that, but we've legit done a good job of, of just doing that. Um, you know, we we expected sectionals being in the playoffs, and then it, it sucked to hear that, you know, we had the amount of wins to get in, and then now probably every team's getting in. So that just, you know, it just, but it didn't discredit the work we've done because our, our approach is still the same, and you know, we're, we're hoping for, you know, that, that home game, right? You know, you want that home game or two home games because, you know, you certainly want teams to come to you in, in the playoffs. And then, like I said, just see what damage we can do. Um, you know, we're never sitting here saying we're, we need to get to a certain point for it to be a successful season. We just, we just go as far as we can take it and play every game as hard as we can and, we're pretty confident we can we can hang with all of the teams. So it's just at that point, it's the last two minutes, which way is it going to go? Um, you know, are we going to be able to make enough plays? Are we going to be able to maybe slap something on that we've practiced all year and hadn't needed it yet, but now we do? Are we going to be able to, you know, get contribution from somebody maybe that is stepping up that maybe hasn't done as much all season? I mean, all of that can happen. So we've done a pretty good job of that, too. We've had a ton of contributions all year, so you can't pinpoint one guy. Um, you know, so that's my job is to make my team as good as possible each game going forward because at any point they know they can be called and that can win us the game. Absolutely. The next man up approach and being ready, and that goes back to that accountability that uh, we talked about earlier. I think that's awesome. That's a great approach. And I think it seems like they've answered the bell so far. And um, real quick touching on that, uh, the every team making sectionals, I'm not a fan of it. I understand they're in the situation and everything right now that they don't want to deny anybody. Like, I respect that too. But back when we all played, you had to earn that spot, and it meant something. You wanted, a, you know, you wanted a top two or three seed, top four. You wanted a first round buy, and then a second round game at home, potentially the third round game at a, excuse me, at a um, neutral site, but usually closer to your home. Like when I was in school, we played at Oswego State a lot. Um, and I mean, sitting here, at, looking, at, there's 25 teams in Class B in Section Three. And I'm assuming a few of them might opt out. I'm not sure, but even so, I mean, you're sitting. By the time you get to the nitty gritty, I mean, it's going to play two games or a game every two days, give or take, maybe three yeah. days, and uh, it's hard to prepare for that. But it would be exciting. I'm excited to see that aspect of it because it makes it kind of like March Madness, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I think what should have happened is okay. You know, obviously some teams are going to play more games than others, but I think you still should have needed to win 40% of the games you did play. So whether you played 12 or 18 or 20, you still should have needed to win 40% of that amount of games. So, you know, some teams might have played 10. If you go four and six, you're in. You won 40%. Yep. But, like, to have teams, you know, 1 in 12 and, you know, 2 in 13 getting in, like, that just discredits, like, the playoff. Um, and then now you're trying to squeeze in all these games, and now what if COVID hits? Right. You have no, you have no dates 
to move games to. Yeah. So and now you basically have to forfeit, probably. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that, that uh, Jeff Richardson in the CNY Hoops talk, they did the ball in the three one five, and they had John Rathbun on there. And that's basically what he said. It's a like you were saying earlier, the next guy up. Like if you got enough guys to play, you're playing. If you don't play, then that other team moves on. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a tough situation, you know. You make it all the way through this year and end up. Hopefully, that'll never have to happen. I, right, I'm, I'm right. praying. I'm praying so like it doesn't. Said, but. <laughs> so, like, what if you have a team that's 15 and three against a team that's two and 14, and the 15 and three team gets COVID, and the two and 14 team moves on? Like, I don't yeah. think that's you know that that's a tough tough one right there yeah i agree with you and i i did some coaching in section five and they do that they have like that open tournament and very very rare i can't think of one instance where a lower seed team be a higher seed or i should say it the other way around right the one seed or the 18th seed didn't beat the one seed you know the better team per se i don't i don't i can't think of one time that it ever happened and it just i mean just for the sake of saying you made sectionals i mean you know so, with that moving forward, um, you have any surprises from your squad this year, uh, uh, whether it's players or situations or responses to anything? Um, well, we all know, like I said, John, Nick, and Zach, I brought up as freshmen and sophomores, and you know they're, they were the pillars I was trying to build around. Um, then I have um, Ian Burgett. Um, he's a senior. He's a captain. He barely played at all last year and now he's starting averaging about eight points a game and playing you know pretty much 25 30 minutes a game too and um you know in his first full-time action and he's really responded uh, then i have a junior blake hoyt uh, his first varsity action he takes on like some of the grunt work for me you know the guard and post players rebounding um you know just dirtying it up for me and then uh, I brought up I brought up a sophomore uh, Lincoln Kersey, so he could learn from you know Nick, John, and Zach, and play against them every day in practice, because uh, we have a really good JV team that's loaded, you know, with freshmen and sophomores that a lot of them are going to come up to me next year. So um, you know he can kind of lead a little bit with a couple of my juniors, uh, Lincoln Kersey can that is, and so um, you know we're we're a balanced team, and you know, we have a lot of guys that can score, we we can shoot. Um, and we have guys that are just willing to do what I'm asking. And, like, every coach has got to love that. So I have no no complaints about any of these guys this year. Yeah, that's good. That's awesome to hear. I was, I was going to ask you, uh, without talking about the seniors here, to, about the the future of the program, because, like you said, we know that the pillars, Dion, Ashby, and Cesare have been on, along for a lot of the ride. And... They're obviously a big part of what you do. But what about you? Got any guys in the JVs that you kind of uh, are excited about? I know you're excited about everybody as a typical coach, but is there anyone that sticks out in particular where you're like, I can't wait to get this whole group together or a couple guys to see what they turn out or any sleeper guys? Well, and for us, um, <clears throat> as you know, well, really with any program. Um, you know, one guy might not look like much one year, and then all of a sudden he's grown four or five inches, and he's worked on his game all summer, and then next thing you know, he's a, he's a program changer. Um, but we have, we have a really strong group of freshmen. Um, Zach Henderson, Nate Fortman, Rowan Kerpetwinski, uh, Talon Pryor, uh, and a lot of them are playing significant minutes at JV already. 
Um, we do have, you know, a couple sophomores that have been around now for a little bit. Um, and then actually, to, I'm going to be honest, we have a really good eighth grade group. Uh, we have like six eighth graders that could potentially, you know, do some damage down the road. So um, that just means another string of, you know, four or five years that could, could really be a, a real program here. Um, and then we actually have a couple of good seventh graders, you know, but like I said, you never know that, how things are going to work when they're that young yet. But mm-hmm. I, I'm, co- I'm coaching our youth teams again this spring and summer. So I know for sure they're going to get a taste of what I want and yep. how I am. So, and that's what I started with, um, with the guys I have now. It was a little bit longer hours and a couple of beat downs over the years. And now, you know, we're doing the beating down. So, um, that's, that's always the plan. You know, I don't care if we win an eighth grade game because I know we're going to be ready when they're varsity. So, uh, that's my approach is listen, parents, we're going to take some lumps. I'm going to take them to some Syracuse tournaments and we're going to have some rough patches, but now you see the result and it may not work like that every time. I mean, but that's, that's the blueprint I've been given by people I played for and by like my, you know, people I've been around. So, you know, no doubt I trust, I trust my process. Absolutely. And it's obviously it's shown that it's, it's paid off in the short term so far. So the long term, it's got to work out. And, I think that's a big thing to stress is that nobody really remembers. I mean, the individual players might remember, but nobody really remembers what you did on Modify, what you did on JV. I mean, you're playing for a sectional banner and a league championship and hopefully someday to win a state championship, you know, to put on the wall in your gymnasium, and that comes from the varsity squad. So it's it's good to hear that you have all these numbers and um, that everybody's ready to go. And as you were talking about a guy growing and being a program changer, let's uh, let's step forward to the your departing guys here. I mean, it sounds to me like you described kids that fit John Dion's build. I mean, what he was like five nine, you know, one spring, and then he came back. I think he was like six one, six two when he came back. He had a huge growth spurt. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he did because <laughs> we had um, it was COVID year. You know, I didn't see him from pretty much March until September, and he came back. He was finishing at the rim, and he was you know long and lean, and looked like he was about twenty five years old. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, man, I said, you know, we knew we were building around him, but you know, we didn't know he was gonna you know start to improve like that. And then, um, then we got Nick back because he ended up transferring to Bishop Grimes. Yep. And then, um, you know, it just didn't work out from there. And, you know, we're glad he's, he came back. And then, uh, you know, Zach, just being who he is, is gritty and just tough and just, you know, wanting to win every time. I mean, those three guys, you know, and Zach had his ups and downs too with me, you know, as a freshman and sophomore. Um, like, like I said, I think these guys – started to take it serious and they they're basically basketball only guys and i always say that they should play other sports but i'm never going to deter a guy from only wanting to play basketball (laughs) i'm gonna i'm never gonna say oh no why are you only playing basketball like no i want i'm happy too because we can do a lot of off-season stuff yep um and so of course like as i played baseball too and um, so I, I love all multiple sports, but, um, but then too, you just, you just risk different things with that. And you don't know if you're just ever going to get the guys that can put in the time with your sport. Um, but you know, like I said, those guys, uh, unfortunately 
the three those three guys you cannot replace. Like once they leave here, we're never going to replace them. Um, but all we can hope is that just guys have taken their approach and learned from them and can make you know be their own type of player. Um, but you, you can't replace those three guys. There's no way. Absolutely. And uh, with that, not that we want to speed them out the door, but let's. Uh, well, how, how's the looks? Obviously, I know John. I know all three of those guys pretty well. I was blessed to have an opportunity to coach them in the off seasons, and uh, watching them grow is is fun. Uh, I would pull my hair out a couple times with a couple of them because, <laughs> like you said, you have some bumps and bruises. Like you know, they're so much better, and they're they, they're just looking at you like you, they don't think they can do it, but we know they can. Um, but what's their, uh, how's their future looking out? And um, are all three of them interested in planning on trying to play hoops? And if so, what, you know, if you don't mind saying what schools are interested and, and what their thoughts are, maybe, maybe we can help put it out there for them a little more to other schools they might be interested in. Yeah. So, um, John has, um, a division two junior college scholarship already, uh, to Pasco Hernando college down in Florida. Yep. Um, so there's a local tie there. Uh, coach Larry Bem that used to be at OCS is uh, an assistant coach down there now. Yep. Um, he's also getting some, you know, pretty good uh, Division three looks. Um, you know, Geneseo's call. I've talked to, you know, Oswego and Naz. Um, he's got definitely junior college looks. I talked to OCC, Jefferson Community College. Um, I've also contacted Lemoyne and Cutstown uh, down in Pennsylvania. Maybe it's something where he can just earn his way on. Uh, because he is a he is a smart kid. He can get into school. Grades are not a problem. Yep, very smart. Um, so, so you know maybe he can work into a spot and then you know go from there. So that's kind of um, but the only for sure right now is um the Division two junior college uh, scholarship he's got. Um, and then of course you know local coaches that I've known like Dave Paziak at, at NBU Linden. Yep. Um, I've talked to Adam Stockwell at Hamilton, um, mm-hmm. but again, I've I've initiated reaching out to these guys yep. because again, you know you can't. The the thing I hate and the worst saying in basketball is if you're good, they'll find you, <laughs> and that is that is not true. <laughs> All right, I don't care what anybody says. Nobody's going to just come knock on your door when you don't have a history of winning. They're not going to think you have any players. Yep. So I said, I got a guy, and I'm going to go to bat for him. Yep. So that that's kind of where I stood with John. And I started pushing them to, like, the back knee tryouts, you know, the old Empire State game stuff. Yep. I started sending, you know, pushing them to some camps. I started pushing them. You know, he played Storm, and he, you know, played with some of you guys. And um, so he's he was starting to get out there. Um, Ashby, um, we just visited SUNY ESF. Um, I think, I think that's a great spot for him. Um, it's just, uh, then I've also had Jefferson Community College come watch. I've had Tompkins Cortland come watch. Um, I've contacted a couple of other schools, uh, for some of these guys, for him. But those are like the three that have really taken some interest. Uh, I think SUNY ESF would be a perfect spot for him. Um, they have uh, some programs that he likes, and it's close to home. But he can, you know, be in Syracuse, more of a city, and um, I think he could play right away. I think, you know, you go somewhere where you can play. Um, and then for Cicera, um I don't know particularly what he's thinking, but actually, Pasco Hernando's uh, hot on his trail. Uh, they're interested in him. They haven't offered him anything yet. 
um, same kind of schools. Um, he was, you know, ESF is interested. Jefferson's interested. Um, I've talked to Tompkins Cortland about him. Uh, I've talked to um, pretty much Zach and Nick. I've kind of paired as like a package mm-hmm. so that may- maybe they want to go somewhere together. Um, or maybe even all three. I don't know. Maybe John ends up, you know, maybe all three of them go somewhere and turn a program around. You know, who knows? Um, but those kind of, that's kind of what's going on for those guys right now. Um, and even if a college coach tells me, like, you know, I appreciate you reaching out, we're just not interested, or we have spots full. Perfect, fine, no harm, no foul. I mean, how else are they going to get interest in schools if, you know, they're not, I'm not contacting the coaches? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something huge that um, a lot of the family members, the athletes, and parents, everybody involved in a, in a high school uh, athlete's search for school should appreciate that, you know, you're, you're willing to stick your neck out on the line for guys who stuck by your hip and they put their neck out of line and worked hard and listened to what you wanted. Um, <laughs> I was chuckling to myself. I don't know if you heard me when you are talking about how Zach is, and he is. He's that pesty guard. Just he loves the press. He can shoot the lights out. He's he's funny, too. He's fu- a funny kid to be around, you know. Um, I, pulled, I pulled him aside the other night, and I, he, he scored two points against Mexico, but he controlled the entire game, the entire game. He, he controlled it from pressing. He controlled it from handling the ball. He controlled it making good decisions. And I said, Zach, that's a perfect example. You do not have to score to impact the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, that, you know, and that's the type of role that he might play at the next level. I mean, obviously the scoring he gives you is just a bonus, right? I mean, you, you play defense, you control a game as a point guard in college, there's going to be minutes for you. Um, oh, absolutely. And as a and I like the fact that you're his mentor as far as a coach too because you know going to college you're an undersized guard and you had to earn that keep. Obviously you were really gifted scoring and you were a strong kid, but it's nice to have somebody who's been there done that from the same mold, you know. Zach is a little thinner, but he'll put weight on when he goes to school, so yeah, that's the next like a thing now is these guys got to get stronger and lift and you know get acclimated to the physical play a little bit more. So, um, but they will, no doubt they will. Absolutely. And the last kid, you know, I want to touch base too. You talked about Nick. Um, I love Nick Cesare's game. Obviously, I've seen him since he was a little kid. His brother Zach played for me, and uh, we're pretty tight still to this day. And I think Nick is a, is going to be a steal if he decides he's going to go to school and go to college. I, I think he's going to be a steal for wherever he goes. He's really gifted. Um, sometimes it's just getting him to believe that too. Yeah. Well, he does things like you can't teach, like. He baits the ball, like he jabs and gets deflections. Like he he puts guys into like bad positions and, and like is able to like take advantage of what his lengthy arms and things like that. I mean, he moves without the ball. I mean, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands, which is very rare nowadays. So there's, there's just things that he does that you can't really teach. You only just learn by playing. And um, you know every team needs a guy like that. Absolutely, absolutely. That's I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. I'm going to try to uh, work out with the family life here to try to get up there to that West Hill game. I try to get out and see everybody, but you know this 
with this uh, pandemic going on, and they've been crushing us at work too. So I've been trying to pick the spots where I get to see a lot of stuff instead of just seeing like a Mexico game, you know. And not that you guys didn't yeah, play right. well, but that just as an entertaining, you know, <laughs> as you know, as a coach, it's it's hard to coach in those games too, really, when you're blowing a team out. Yeah, I, I mean, I was looking, I, I looked over to my JV coach, and I go, "Are we up 35?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I go, I had no idea. I wasn't even coaching to the score. Yep. I, I just had no idea what the score even was. And then I'm like, I better back my horses off. I was like, I had to sub everybody out and like, give some other guys some minutes. Yep. Yeah, it's tough because you're in the game. You're in the heat of the game and you're coaching. You're trying to make you know correct mistakes and help kids get better. And that's, that's the purpose of the coach. Um, you know, so Nick, I don't want to keep you too long. I know I've kept you here for a little bit. I do appreciate you joining us, and I'm pretty sure you uh, are going to be heading into practice here in a little bit. Um, you know, anytime you need anything, always feel free to reach out. We love hearing the stories, you know, and we I always try to share some of your stuff you share when you're looking for the uh, the European tour or the Stallion stuff. I just I think it's awesome just to have basketball the way it is and in central new york and try to help just push it out there more for people so feel free anytime you need something you know you know my number and email social media whatever it is and uh good luck um at practice you know kick the boys in shape and um good luck this week and hopefully we'll catch up to you on thursday at the west hill game yeah no doubt that'll be uh definitely we'll, we'll focus on tomorrow first and then for sure that will be that will be a big one Absolutely. And uh, so, like I said, thanks again, and um, we'll be in touch soon. All right, man. Thanks right. a lot. Yes, sir. Have a good day. As always, thanks again to uh, Coach Nick Perioli for joining us for our first Coach's Corner of the season. And that'll be a wrap-up for a week, excuse me, episode number five of the 2022 season. And we'll be back at it at the end of the week. Uh, just a reminder, games of the week, skin, number three, Skinny Alice at number nine, Bishop Grimes on 125. Number four, Phoenix at number five, West Hill on 127. And number eight, Tully at number seven, Weedsport on 129. Uh, everyone stay safe and work hard, play hard. And this is Coach Will, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.